0: Hello again, Broncos country. We're back for another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast brought to you by the Orange Weekly Broadcast Network. As always, your host Jared here with David and Spotty about to break down this game against New England after a tough loss against Detroit. Very tough loss against Detroit. We're not going to get too far into that. If you want to learn more about that, listen to the postgame podcast. But uh, yeah, tough loss against Detroit. We're going into... While New England is only, what's their record? Like two and something? Three and 11. Three and 11. This isn't a, a pushover game for the Broncos. This isn't one that we can just go in and trounce. And we're going to break all that down. But before we get started, guys, uh, how you guys feeling about this game? General thoughts bef- and the little teasers for the episode, as as you will.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, everybody who's calling this game a trap game, I think you're way off because I don't think the Broncos should even have gotten to the point of overlooking this game to the point (laughs) of being a trap game. Like this is a really, really tough defense. It's Bill Belichick coming into your house who's in a bad mood because his team is 3-11 and he's going to try and do whatever he can to your average to below average offense to make it look absolutely terrible on national TV. So anybody who's trying to look the overlook the New England Patriots
2: in this game, get 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 out. <laughs>
1: Spotty, what do you think?
2: You know, actually I still think this competi- this matchup is uh it's it's a nice one for the Broncos. It it we wanna talk about their defense, yeah, but you know, there are there are other aspects that we look a lot better. And then if this is the possibility of being the last Belichick game, it, it just gonna bring up all the memories I have of the Patriots versus the Broncos late in the season. Obviously, this isn't a playoff matchup, but you know, potential for to help our play off hopes here so still love this kind of matchup late in the year important game against the Patriots
0: yep absolutely we're going to talk about all that and more uh, on this upcoming episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, let's break it down. We started off, and I think the biggest thing that we're going to talk about and and ultimately what we're going to talk about the most on this episode is that Bill Belichick defense. We'll get to the offense and how terrible their offense is uh, and how they match up against the way our defense played last week. But in general, let's start on the defensive side. I'm a Broncos offensive side and what Bill Belichick brings to the table as far as we're prepping for this game and what kind of matchups we're looking for. So um, whoever wants to start off, what's the biggest thing about this defense that's really the scariest part?
2: Honestly, I – the scariest part about this is the Bill Belichick aspect of it, right? We talk about his brain. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm looking over stats for the defense. The the person that has the most sacks is five and a half. The person that has the most interceptions. A couple of guys tied at two. So it's not like their defense does a lot of you know. Hey, we're blitzing the quarterback's seeing a lot of pressure. They got a lockdown corner on the outside. I mean, shoot, it's a safety who's number one on the list. So mm-hmm. it's just about how Bill uses those pieces you know it's like a mr potato head he just takes all the parts and somehow comes together in a picturesque you know toy for um bill belichick so we know he's going to come in here he's going to do something i must i we were talking a couple of days ago about him taking away Cortland. i could see it being about taking away the run first and then making the broncos pass the ball to uh to to win the game so that it's not like any team hasn't come in and Put, to put up yards. They just recently haven't put up points.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, you, you know Spotty, you and, you know, Jeff Legwald, uh, head Broncos writer for ESPN, were uh, in lockstep about this on the Bourbon Broncos and No BS show on Tuesday, so guys who didn't, if you didn't see that show live, definitely go back and check that out. Um, but uh, you guys were both talking about how Bill Belichick likes to take away your biggest thing. Um, and in this game, especially with the Broncos run game, having not really shown up in the past couple of weeks after look, especially looking really lethal for the first, you know, the few games before that. And maybe it's just, you know, teams have done their film study and and found a way to shut down what the Broncos like to do best in that run game. But if that's the case, yeah, it's especially scary matchup against Bill Belichick, who like you said, isn't doing doing it with superstar players on this offense or on this defense. You know, you've got Jabril Peppers back there is probably the biggest name. Um, you've got uh, inside linebacker Jelani T- Tavai playing really well, but I mean, there's there's nobody on this defense who you really, really look at and say, oh man, that guy is a top three guy in the league at his position, right? Or a top 10 guy or y- anything like that. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's it's really fascinating to see what he's done with this defense. I'm just if you're the Broncos offense guys, and I'll throw this to you, both. Um, who is one player who you've really got to see go off in this game and have a great game? If the if you if you're going to see the Broncos have offensive success, it's for me. I'm not going to take the obvious
0: because the obvious is Russ, right? We're we're going to talk about that, and then one of the points I wanted to make here is. The Bill Belichick defense hasn't given up more than 70 yards to a running back in like the last like 10 weeks or something Mm -hmm. like they've they've shut down run games and that's what they do uh, just in general. So it's going to come down to the pass game. So instead of taking the easy one, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy, who had a great catch early in the game uh, against Detroit. However, never really got the ball back to him, never really got the chance to go off. Um, if they're going to take away Cortland like we think they're going to, Jerry Judy is going to have to have an amazing game uh, in order for us to stay in this. And and the whole wide receiver room in general. But I think at this point, I'm thinking if they're going to take away Russ, Jerry Judy is going to be our number one wide receiver
2: throughout this game. Mm-hmm. You kind of stole it from me. But <laughs> but then I will say if, if this is going to be Javante then right so yes the they haven't allowed any um rushers to to rush for that much which we really don't we we don't really need Javante to go off and run for 100 yards I'm, I'm not sure if he's actually done that on the season just yet but that have that but it but the Javante is having successful game that means that's successful clock management for the denver broncos and we know that as long as the offense is holding the football and we're grinding away that time of possession that our defense is going basically go bonkers because they're going to be healthy you know hopefully not missing any tackles and then they're going to pin their ears back and get to the quarterback
0: yeah you know we talked we talked about on this show a couple times uh all three of us have mentioned that uh As we're looking at it, what plays into our scheme, our entire team scheme, the best? And last week against Detroit just didn't play well against what we like to do, which is control the clock, control the ball, get those seven-minute drives in and try to just take as much time out of their offense's hands. And if we can do that, we win this game. So this game specifically plays into our favor Mm. in that aspect. However. Are we going to be able to keep those sustainable drives with this defense? Now, I do believe our defense, and we'll switch over that in a minute, but I believe our defense is going to be able to get get the job done on a bounce-back game for them. But will our offense be able to have the bounce-back game against this defense? And like you said, kind of no-name players, but still, what was it? Haven't let up more than 20 points in the last eight games.
2: Mm. So... It it might want to be noted that I feel like the defense got better when they got J.C. Jackson back from the Chargers, but it looks like two days ago they just put him on the non-football reserve list in New England, so um, J.C. Jackson was their shutdown corner that got paid a lot of bucks to go to the Chargers, and then obviously he wasn't as good with them, but we've seen We've seen uh, Patriots players go elsewhere and not do anything, and then come back and just become the same person. But he may be missing this game, which could benefit our uh, offense.
0: Yeah, yeah and as we're talk as we're talking about defensive uh, injuries too, let's not forget Jabril Peppers also went out last week against Kansas City, uh, had part of the way through the game, and is on their. Um, on their injury report with a hamstring injury. Now we're talking, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday, so there's still a lot of time for him to be able to to bounce back from that. But that, that could be another
1: complete playmaker that they just won't be able to have in that secondary. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a huge, massive loss for that, that defensive backfield. Jabril Peppers, a guy who kind of, I think, got a little bit overdrafted in this league, and it feels like, he was one of those guys that they thought, oh, man, the right defensive coordinator can do anything with this guy, right? He could be a linebacker. He can be a safety. He can rush the passer off the edge. And and it turns out he was just kind of a really good safety, and that's fine, but, you know, has come really come into his own after struggling for a few years to find his footing in this league, um, so, you know good to see that. Uh, obviously, if he does end up missing this game, that would be a big plus for this Broncos secondary who, as we've been saying, is looking for somebody besides Cortland Sutton to step up, right? Uh, Absolutely. Right. So as I'm
0: looking at the injury report, other
1: uh, did not
0: participate line ba- on the defensive side for the for the uh, Patriots. Mm-hmm. Linebacker uh, Anthony Jennings. Um, and then the rest of them are basically on the um the offensive side limited participations. Defensive tackle Christian Barrymore, linebacker Bentley, linebacker Tavai is ankle.
1: He's limited participation, but those are probably expected to play. Yeah, I just okay. think so.
2: Barrymore's their sack leader
1: mm-hmm. at the defensive tackle position. Yeah. Um. Now
2: it fought with five and a half.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now he's you know that matchup specifically looks you know at least decent for the Broncos because on the other side of that you've got Quinn Miners. Um, so that, you know, that's where that's Barrymore's national, natural position. So, um, you like that for the Broncos. Um, there's not, and you're, you're looking at this, this pass rush, right. And you're not really seeing, you know, as we said, anybody who stands out as just that guy, right. That superstar pass rusher who gets to the quarterback on 20% of his snaps, but you will also see a bill Belichick defense that is not afraid to blitz you that knows where the weak points in your offensive line are that knows which stunts and twists your guys have a hard time picking up inside and will run those at you relentlessly until you prove you can stop it.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and Jeff Legwall mentioned it on our, on our show on Tuesday too. He said the one thing that both uh, the two teams that really did very well against us, obviously Detroit and that other no name team, uh, what they did really well uh, defensively is they sent in those delayed blitzes. Like they were lining up, their DB six yards off the ball and sending them in after the snap, um, not even showing anything and and getting free runs because by that time, our communication on the offensive line was over. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick is watching all those films like, Oh, I know exactly what I need to do. And so we need to clean that up and figure out a way to be able to identify those blitzers coming off six yards off the ball before we can get anything
1: done. I mean, Go ahead, Shladi. I'm
2: sorry. It that's it, one of those things that's just so hard, though, because so you know, from that outside position, it takes an incredible amount of speed from that DB. Because okay, yes, blind side, but he's coming from already. I mean, seven yards out, six yards up. You know, like what? <laughs> that's so hard. I'm not sure. There's a lot of teams out there that could repeat that type of blitz package on a short week. I mean, the Lions had to have been, you know, had that in the bag. And I, you know, Jeff said, again, said that Dan Campbell said that's something that they hadn't shown anyone yet. So they've been planning on using it at some point. And I think that they realize the necessity for their defense to step up for them in that week in which they're coming off three losses. I I, I'm dare to say that the Patriots may not necessarily have as much grit and uh, in them to want to do things like that.
1: I get. I'll give you that. The counterpoint that I will make is that Dan Campbell made Russell Wilson pay for not throwing the ball quickly. And I've been. You guys know I've been on this all season. Russ is not on schedule in this John Payton offense. I don't know. I, we we can talk about why that is all, until we're all blue in the face. But it's just. It's not going to happen. Like it. It hasn't happened. It, it won't happen by the end of the season, probably. And the Lions made us pay for that because they knew that sending a delayed blitzer sending, or sending a blitzer from far outside the hash marks would still get there because Russ was just going to hold on to the ball until that blitzer got there. And if you're the offensive line, that's lethal to you, right? Because if you've got three or four guys that you've already engaged and you blocked up and then they send a delayed blitzer from – A, you're not going to be looking that far to the right or left if you're an offensive lineman. B, if you happen to see it, you're already going to be engaged with a pass rusher. and, And C, if you aren't engaged with a pass rusher, then what do you do? You know you have to step back into the lane of the rusher, which takes away a lane from your quarterback as he's trying to move around in the pocket and step up to throw. It's, it's, and so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, guys. We've been talking about it all year long. If Russell Wilson will not throw the ball quickly in this offense and on time, this is the, this is the kind of thing that defenses are going to be able to do to you.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, it might be Russ. It might be Sean, too, because let's look at this. Mm-hmm. We, other than again, we talked about that first throw to Jerry Judy in the mm-hmm. first play of the game. Outside of that, we haven't had any quick throws. Our our offense, David, we talked yeah. about this last week. Our offense is touchdown to check down, which mm-hmm. takes time. And it, yeah. it means that he needs to have the time in that pocket. We're not throwing the quick slants. We're not no. throwing the, the, the quick tight outs. end leads, no. the quick outs. We're not throwing those. We're either we're either running 15-yard downfield post or corners, and if that's not open, we're checking it down, which takes time to develop naturally.
1: And, I don't think I've seen a shallow crossing route all season, like really. You know, I, like, Lil Jordan Humphreys had I think one in that yeah, game,
0: uh, yeah. But that was it, and and even then he hit him on the end of it. Yeah, he came from across the he came from across mm-hmm. line. By the time he hit him, he was in the, at the at the sideline. So, yeah, it, I agree with you. I think that's one of my mo- most frustrating. Especially we we did so well the first play of the game, and then we never came back to it. It was absolutely ridiculous for me that we just aren't coming to these quick hitters uh the, the usual especially if they're going to play man on us and they're going to take away the run why not take our best route runner and and man him up against their slot corner i just yeah. that that's yeah. the one thing that still baffles me and i'm sure they got something scheming up in their head but um all right let, let's talk about our, our matchup of the of the of the side so our offensive player versus their defense player what matchup do you think is going to be the biggest um, game changer
2: take your pick, kind of spin the ball <laughs> on that one. I, I mean, I get it. I, you know, I watched a little bit of that Patriots game. And he, as much as we were talking about it, I guess for the, uh, for the chiefs, the Travis Kelsey is that number one guy for them. So I'm curious what they truly did to um, take Travis Kelsey out of the game, though. Well, we've seen a lot of teams do that this year more than we've ever seen before, but Rasheed Rice for the uh kansas city chiefs still end up with nine catches 91 yards and a touchdown so mm-hmm. uh honestly then it's going to be courtland sutton hey i think jeff was the one who meant he's at the most he's like what are we going to do so that courtland isn't phased out of the game like he was last week so it's so that a lot of you know um three wide receiver sets doubles you know sets small pick just, plays yeah. you know i i'm I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think there's a corner that would uh, possibly a healthy corner on their side that has the size to match up with with him at all. I, that that might be something that we haven't really seen from the last couple of weeks. I mean, you can take for the Patriots have seen the Chiefs and the Chargers and they don't have a wide receiver that's anywhere near the size of Cortland.
1: Mm. No, I guarantee you if, if Russ sees Cortland in single coverage, he's going to go that way as much as possible. Just to right. see, because, yeah, we've seen him bully ball those things all season, right? Um, all right. I'm going to go with Adam Troutman. Um, okay. uh, you, like, he, you know, he really, I don't want to call him an unsung hero of this offense, because he really has just been, as a receiving tight end, he's been kind of just a guy this year. And that's, you, you wanted him, you know, you wanted to see somebody in this offense do more at the tight end position than just a guy. But that's really more on Greg Dulcich than Adam Troutman, I think, at this point. Um, And Troutman has kind of had to do more route running and more of that athletic tight end stuff than he's, you know, than really is his role. And he's done okay. Um, I I think he might be, you know, targeted a lot this game, just kind of as a safety blanket, if nothing else. Um, But I, you know, he's been a reliable red zone target for the most part this season. That's one thing that I really like about him. Um, and I think you might see him grab a touchdown pass in this game if if and have that be a difference maker.
0: Yeah, I mean he had a big touchdown catch uh, two weeks ago against the Chargers, uh, which was beautiful. Did, mm-hmm. did his thing, so yeah. As far as a, a kind of a journeyman tight end that we bring in to kind of help us out at that tight end position, it's been great, especially with the lack of Greg Gilchich this season. It's been uh, it's been awesome. Um, I, I'm going to say the number two Pro Football Focus ranked number two guard in the NFL. Quinn Miners, uh, if Barrymore can't does suit up and lace up, um, I think that's going to be a big part. Obviously, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, probably one of the best in pass defenses. We talked about him on the Tuesday show, and just the the turnaround that we've seen from him from last season to this season, both doing very well in the interior. If they can, if they can control those stunts, if they can control that interior line and give Russ a pocket to step up into, I think that's going to make the game. That's going to change the game. Um, and then obviously we mentioned it a little bit. Javante has been kind of on a slump a little bit. Uh, you've seen uh, Sa- Samaj AP Ryan come in, taking a lot of touches last week because Williams just could not get anywhere. He just wasn't getting where he needed to be, but seeing him not only if they're going to take away the run game, but seeing both those guys in the pass game, I think is going to be a huge, a huge piece of this. If we get them into open field and open coverage, then we're going to be taking 10, 12, 15 yard chunks at a time. Um, and, and we're going to be moving the ball down the field. All right, so any last words about the our offense versus their defense that are on your mind? All right, let's flip, let's flip the switch. On the other side of the ball, we have our defense, who struggled, obviously, last week. Um, and uh, after doing so well, continuously getting better for so long, struggled last week against the Detroit offense. And uh, now we're going against probably the worst, if not the second worst offense in the NFL. Um, we don't even know who the quarterback is. We think it's going to be Zappe. Zappy. It's, it's definitely, pie. it's
1: definitely Zappy. You can try and <laughs> give it. Like okay. I'll tell you, no, because the, I mean the, in, the instinct right is to give it a more dignified pronunciation <laughs> than, than Zappy, but that's how you pronounce it. I swear. That's well, Zappy is uh, Zappy's it. Yep.
0: So uh, Zappy versus our defense. How are we feeling about this uh, this matchup? Uh, to
2: to be like real honest, there's two kind of spots that I look at that could end up being an issue for us. Um I'm just going to go say with the one and it has a little bit to do with last week. Hunter Henry is a can be a very good tight end. He actually had a really good game last week. And we know that times that the Broncos defense go from someone who could be a really good tight end to a damn good tight end. But, <laughs> oh, after Sam Laporte had just, you know, scored three touchdowns last week. I am again, a little interested to see a, what we're calling Henry. Now, granted that being said, uh, the offensive play caller for the uh, lines is a little better. So
1: <laughs> that yeah, is true. true. Yeah, very true. I'll say this, I am, you know, when you see that the Broncos gave up 42 and, and, and you get those flashbacks, right? Those, those, those flashbacks to the game that won't be mentioned. Um, but you're like, oh man, that's the second time they've allowed over 40 this season. Are they regressing? Um, was it just a hot streak? And there are at least a few factors that lead me to believe, no, that maybe that Detroit game was an aberration. We talked about it a little bit with Jeff, right? It was their third road game in 13 days. Um, that's that's tough on any defense. Um, you know, you go in, you play the the Texans, you play the Chargers. The Chargers especially are a team that make you run. Um, and with Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. And you just, you, you gave a, you know, the missed tackles were a big problem. That had been something that they had really kind of, Fixed it seemed over the last few weeks, and you can see how that would come with being a little bit extra tired. You're gonna miss a few extra tackles. And it seems, you know, ridiculous to say, but it really can be the difference between allowing 21, 23 points in a game and allowing 42, right? Is a a few missed tackles on a few drives. Um so it's yeah, it's it's a bummer. You don't like to see it. It's but I, I think they can come back and be the defense that they we've seen over the last seven to eight weeks as being opposed to being that Lions defense again.
0: Yeah, and then we talked about this too. Um, another thing about this defense that really needs to step up is that run That run game. Uh, we, we they, For some reason, we could not stop them. They ran on third. I'm going to say it over and over again. They ran on third and 10 and got the first down. They had that much yeah. lack of faith in our run defense that they ran it on third and 10 in the middle of the field to get the first down. So we have to stop Ezekiel Elliott. We have to stop the run game. Uh, Stevenson, I don't know if he's going to play. He's still on the injury report. I think he's, uh, yeah, he did not practice on Thursday um, with an ankle injury. He's missed the last two. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, he Matt missed back-to-back games due to high ankle sprain on December 3rd. So we will see how he's feeling going this, but he did not practice on Thursday. So it might just be the Ezekiel Elliott show, but we got to be able to stop the run. If we're going to be able to do anything on defense mm-hmm. with that being said, I'm looking at this offense uh, of the new England Patriots and they have a couple rookies starting and neither one of them are doing very well. So their the major one is their left guard. Uh, Antonio Maffi is probably one of the worst ranked guards in the league right now. And uh, with that right next to one of the best offensive linemen they have in Trent Brown, <laughs> Um, we have to be able to get pressure on the quarterback, a, a rookie or
1: is he a rookie or is he just like a no-name guy? Who? Mafi? Mafi? No, he's like I, a yeah. second year guy. No, Mafi's a rookie. No, he was drafted yeah. in 2023. Oh, Zappi, Zappi. Oh, Zappi. Oh, no, yeah, Zappi oh, is not a rookie.
2: He's yeah, Zappi's
1: a second year guy. But,
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we got to be able to get pressure on him and, and getting pressure on the quarterback is something we did not do against Detroit. We knew going in that they had a much better offensive line than this. But we got to get back to getting the pressure with four, rushing four, as opposed to sending everybody. Uh, and if we can start doing that, then I think we're going to have a, a much better game. I just think this, what I don't want here, let us let me say this. What I don't want is we're going to have an amazing defensive game and everybody in Broncos country is going to be brave and about like, see, we've been good. We just had an off game, which is true, but also like, let's take it with a grain
2: of salt playing against this team. I, this is one weird comment. I kind of hope that um, Pat Sutan doesn't get bored in this game. <laughs> mostly mostly because they're, the one aspect of this team that does not frighten me whatsoever is their wide receiver room. And, I mean, David brought it up, you know, a couple of days ago on our live show. It's There's nothing about this wide receiver room that's going to, you know... You're like, yeah, they they can do these things to exploit the Denver Broncos. I think their best chance is Demario Douglas. Is he's just kind of that little speedster guy, and you kind of hope that he gets out there. But still, 419 or so uh, receiving yards on the season. Uh, I'd almost say take Pat P and put him on Hunter Henry, and then allow uh, I mean make, <laughs> allow, allow the other guys to kind of cover everyone else.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That Jaquan McMillan versus uh, DeMario Douglas uh, matchup might be the, the marquee thing to watch all day on this uh, Broncos versus Patriots front. Uh, so yeah. We, so
0: we found David's, David's matchup.
1: Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, good call, Jared. I wasn't going to, I maybe wasn't going to use that, but why not? Yeah. Um, And guys, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, because like you said, Spotty, that's that's a speedy receiver for the Patriots, and that may be, that's, I think that's as close to an offensive weapon as they've got, um, but, you know, it's the kind of thing where if they don't get the mixed ta- missed tackles fixed, right, if they don't come home in front of a home crowd on a week's rest and do what they need to do, uh, you might see DeMario Douglas running through the Broncos secondary faster than, than he can be tackled and just kind of... Rub your hands through your hair and say, Man, this is going to be a long day. But I have faith in Jaquan McMillan. I have faith in PJ Locke. I have faith in Kareem Jackson. Uh, if he's which you know, depending on who plays however many snaps, it's it's going to be fine, guys. This is not if there's a matchup to worry about in, in this game, it's not this one, right? Yeah. Um Spotty, what are you what are your thoughts? What is uh, a matchup that you were really centered on more than anything else this defense for Patriots offense?
2: Honestly, it it's kind of like being a dead horse with this one, but honestly, again, we need we need we need to stop the run game. Mm. Um I watched well, I just know because of fantasy football, Ezekiel Elliott, uh kicked my butt a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. And it's obvious that they're willing to give the man a lot of touches. They're looking there. They're not looking at Zeke as a above 30 year old um, running back. They're going to pass to him the uh, short yardage plays. And he's going to gash you still, if you're going to leave him to do it. So, um i i want us to get back to those winning ways of winning at first at the line of scrimmage and you know not missing tackles it it's so hard cuz we we went through, we were so good there for a little while not missing any tackles whatsoever but then all of a sudden you know in this game and honestly felt like they were all rubbed down in baby oil so yeah
1: yeah absolutely and coach joseph talked about it in the press conference today Um, and, you know, he hit the nail on the head, if you don't stop the run, that means that the offense dictates to you, right? If you're behind the chains, if you're allowing second down and five, second down and four, second down and three, because you gave up all of those yards on first down on a run, there is absolutely nothing that the offense can't do to your defense at that point. And what do you, you know, so what do you call then is the defensive coordinator? What personnel do you put on the field? Um, And it's, it just becomes this kind of snowball effect of you're allowing long touchdown drives. You are not getting your defense off the field on third downs. um, And it's, it's just lethal. And, you know, it happened in this Lions game, right? We saw the Broncos hold the Lions offense scoreless for a quarter. And as you got into that second quarter, you were just like, this is not sustainable. If the offense does not keep themselves on the field and start scoring points, there's no way. So, yeah.
2: I I think one big thing is that we get back to some of the – things that we were doing before if we i think and this is a game that the defense and offense we can capitalize on some turnovers we know that the patriots are are eventually going to turn the ball over i'm not i'm not real sure if there's a game this year where they haven't had a couple of uh at least one interception. so um if that's something that we can capitalize on again it, sometimes when it comes to playing these uh, Bill Belichick defenses, it's about scoring touchdowns. Yeah, let's get back to scoring touchdowns. We've seen that they can stay close, and you know that what Jeff said—five plays can kind of change the outcome of a game. So if we're kicking these field goals, and then we're allowing their offense just a you know a couple extra plays, they they can turn everything around on us. So let's get back to those turnover, and of course, getting to the quarterback.
1: Absolutely. Um, All right, Spotty. Uh, Jared had to step away for a minute. So you and I are going to wrap up this podcast with our score predictions. Um, I am thinking, you know, we've been talking about it all game. I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. Um, I think the Broncos offense is going to do just enough. I think that they are going to get a touchdown, um, you know, maybe off of a turnover or because they'll set up on a short field probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 to 10 or 17 to 13 is my final score prediction. Um, Yeah. It's, it's going to be a slog all game for fans, but I do think they walk away from this one with a win.
2: I, what I want to have is the faith that you guys have in Sean Payton. Okay. So what, and so, and when I say that this is a very integral, integral moment for our season, how do we respond after getting, beat badly right so I'm going to say two weeks in a row the Patriots are going to give up 20 points so and they're not very good at scoring we're not going to give up like the KC did so uh, my final score is going to be uh, 24 to 7 there it is
1: I love that wow all right Spotty coming in hot with the confidence all right now Sean Payton this is your chance win <laughs> him over win him over
2: that's right win it him over time but
1: it's now <laughs> <laughs> All right, my my friend, any final thoughts as we head into this game?
2: Again, man, it it the every single one of these games in Decembers matters and it's not even just not that the games matter, it's how we play them we've shown earlier in the year that we can win ugly. Uh, I think that's something that's going to do us well if we can make the playoffs, but we're, we're, there's probably an ugly win here in the next three games. So let's, let's, let's get one right now. Let's get a solid victory under our belt so we can focus on our two division rivals, which we know are going to play as tough. Has to be.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting for me. It's like, all right. So yeah, you look at the, you can look at this game from a bunch of different angles and one of them might be that this is the last time that Bill Belichick plays at in De- or coaches in Denver. Um, you know, uh, uh, and you can debate, we've debated the legacy of Bill Belichick before the show as a matter of fact, and you can, but right now as it stands today, he's, you know, you've got to put him on the Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches, right? All time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see him in the house doing his thing. Um, kind of when i say interesting kind of nerve-wracking cuz he's probably just not very happy that he's 3 and 11 and he's probably just looking to ruin everybody's day as, as much as possible. So yeah. yeah. Hopefully the Broncos avoid that. Hopefully they walk out of here with a win and we continue to talk about the Broncos as a potential playoff team heading into the final two games of the season. Absolutely. All right. Well, i think that's it. I think there's only one thing left to do and that is as we always do. End it on a very strong Go Go Broncos.
0: Broncos! Orange Weekly. Fans,
1: brews, and Broncos news.